So hey and welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast and welcome my good friend Matt Groves um, from Good Boy Digital is the name of his studio out here in East London where we're recording this. So I've come for a rare in-person interview because we do most of them on Skype. So hello Matt. Hey man, how's it going? Very, right. very well. Um, yeah, so cool man. So let's just, well, I don't know where to start but let's start with, so me and Matt used to work together at an agency called Block and then since uh, that company went bit, but well, let's say went, went out of business. <laughs> kind of tanked, yeah. um, Matt started his own agency called uh, Good Boy Digital, and he's also sort of quite well known for creating the Pixie HTML5 framework. What would you? How would you describe Pixie? Mate? Let's start there then. Uh, Pixie is the thing we made to let us carry on doing the things we did in Flash in HTML. So when we started Good Boy, we basically, um, we kind of like, you know, Flash Flash died. And it was like, everyone was saying, Flash is, Flash is not very good. <laughs> Flash is not the thing to work for anymore, work with anymore. And we were kind of like, well, all of that amazing stuff that we're making, you know, we can still make in HTML5 because there's all WebGL coming through in Canvas. So we were like, well, all we need is a kind of a framework that lets us put all of the Flash style thinking into the HTML world, so the same way that we made games, the same way we made experiences by just leveraging all the new web technologies coming through. And so Pixie was our platform so that we could actually just start making stuff in that way. Um, and as it turned out, you know, WebGL was much better than Flash even then, like so much more powerful. And then the fact that we, I think that the thing that made Pixie have a bit more uh, traction was the fact we ended up making a, a canvas fallback as well which meant that like, it actually worked on most things and it wasn't just bleeding edge. Because at the time, I think WebGL was like 20-30% uh, of yeah. devices had it. So it was kind of like, this. it's going to be there soon, but we need to make sure that like it actually still has production value. So you can actually make stuff with it for people who yeah. want to make stuff. Because if you're going to go, oh, we'll make you this thing in WebGL, but only 20% of people are going to be able to use it, that's kind of no good. So that's, that's kind of why we made it. Um, and then we thought we'll open source it because at the start of Good Boy, it was just two guys in the living room with a company name. <laughs> and we were like, well, if we open source something and we kind of give something out, then, you know, that, that kind of might, you know, kickstart our, who Good Boy is a little bit and just show that we're more than just, uh, just making stuff we want to kind of contribute back yeah. as well. Um, so that was, that was another reason for doing it. And, and obviously really glad that we did do that because otherwise it wouldn't be nearly as good as it is now because there's so many people. Yeah, so do like, you have a lot of other contributors? Yeah, there's a few core ones. Like, um, there's historically, there's been a, a guy, Chad. He's kind of in California. He's kind of, he kind of helped me out with all that. Because there's, there's, I don't know, with, with all developers, you have kind of strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, I certainly know a few things about, say, rendering and, and you know, visual kind of coding, but... These guys like Chad are much stronger for structure and uh, like tooling and right. flow and stuff and unit testing. They've built a lot of frameworks before. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, so so they're kind of like like Chad always, Chad always brought, brought this angle of like how to do it the right way, and my angle was kind of how to how to do it. How to do it. <laughs> yeah. So so that was, like, that was kind of good a good uh, happy happy way. We worked like that for a long time, and then now we've got um, there's a couple more people who are quite integral to it. Um, one of them is a chap called Ivan from all the way from Russia. He's kind of like a pretty um, 
amazing at just sort of getting on top of stuff and just fixing all the little bugs and helping me. He's been helping out with V4 like loads, which is really cool. And then there's another chap, um, Matt Carl, who's a sorry Matt, I'm not too sure where you're from. I think it's California, um, but he's he's kind of like right like helping out with um, a lot of the Pixie stuff now as well. Um, he's kind of bringing in uh, unit tests, like visual unit tests. Right. So that when we write Pixie stuff now, we actually have a way to test, does a mask still work in a unit test rather than, because a lot of them are like numbers based, whereas this is... Right. And that, does it do it by comparing an image or does it... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like a, it's, it generates an image, generates a base 64 stream. And then originally we were comparing those, but different computers render things slightly different. Yeah. So now it's like, here's the image, here's the pixel data, and then you kind of just do like a... How close is it? It's like 90%, <laughs> right, yeah, probably right. Amazing. Yeah, so, so yeah, so because it'd be like the edges and things that would be different, right? Yeah. Exactly. So then, what happens if it's like all, all one pixel off or something? Um, that would probably be that would probably get caught. I think if it was all a, a pixel off, it probably would get yeah, that get caught. Yeah, because that'd be bad. Actually, that yeah. would be enough to. But it, but it's it's kind of like even even if there was those super rare edge cases, it's the fact that most of it is captured or yeah. I mean this this is kind of working I mean how much do you have to deal with the differences between different browsers and things like um, that you know what like it used to be I mean the good thing about Canvas is Canvas is quite new like, relatively compared to like CSS and, and yeah. like, the old way of doing, doing stuff and then you've got um, WebGL which again is quite new but like you can get all the information you need from, from these things so um, most of the time it was fine IE9 yeah, there's a there's a few quirks, but like nothing that really actually um, would ruin your day. Right. Like yeah, and for WebGL, like the stuff we're doing now, we kind of try to use some of the WebGL extensions. So it's kind of like um, yeah, it, a, a lot of devices support these extensions, but we kind of put them in, and we're like, oh, we've got this like cool uh, vertex array objects. We can use them in like Pixie V4, which just means. I mean, it'll get really boring if you don't have GPU. <laughs> it basically just stores a state and it means that you can quickly switch in and out, right. which is awesome. But a lot of devices say that they have it, but the, the low-end devices especially say they have it, but then they'll go, oh, get a bit juddery and then maybe fall over. Mm. So you kind of, we're kind of realizing that actually they say they support a thing, but they don't. So we have to fall back yeah. and just kind of, there's a lot of like, we'll try something new and it's like running amazingly Chrome. Yeah. And they'll open it on like, Safari or we'll open on an Android phone it's, like, it's fundamentally broken so in, in the new version of V4 like on the latest browsers it pushes all this really crazy cool stuff mm-hmm. but then these weird cat fallbacks for just all the all, all the devices that don't quite support things like multi-texture rendering so like you can still draw say all of your sprites with like even if usually it works by um, if they're the same texture you can like do one draw call yeah so it's like blah but um, the new Pixie you can see how many textures can you can you access at once, and then you can kind of make you know maybe stitch them all together with like even more textures. But some devices that that varies per device, right? So you have to write loads of like dynamic shaders and things to cater for the de- <laughs> you have to inspect the device, and then go right, okay, I'm gonna. And this is this is all just to get more speed out of pixels. Yeah, basically, like, that's the main thing for it. It's like. Speed. But it's already stupidly fast. Yeah, but we want to. <laughs> it's faster now. It's faster, but like yeah. Yeah, simple API, um, definitely like obviously heavily modeled on like the good bits of Flash um, and speed. Because then if we if we just focus on that bit and kind of then everything else kind of comes after. Like, yeah. Because it's like well, actually, if it runs really fast, then that means you've got more CPU to do game stuff or experience stuff or whatever it's your. Yeah. Doing. So like 
that's kind of a nice way of just kind of going. And then it's always the bottleneck anyway. If you, if you look at any, any like most HTML5 games, like yeah, the, the bottleneck will be rendering all that stuff to the screen. Oh really? Even even with JavaScript and like JavaScript is fast, man. It's really fast. Like um, it's funny, man. Isn't it crazy how everything changed? Like, I remember the first year of like the first year after like thoughts on Flash and stuff, right? Yeah. And what you could do with and like Canvas was out. It wasn't even hardware accelerated. Yeah. And JavaScript was still like interpreted <laughs> and really slow. And you just couldn't do anything. I remember it was like when Apple released the like HTML five is the future and they released like these bunch of experiments and like, <laughs> a spinning cube yeah. and like, it's not the future. <laughs> That's like the past. But yeah, it got I mean it's 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 a need, I guess. Like people were like JavaScript is here, we'll make it faster. And the way that they made it faster with these multi-layer compiling techniques. Right. It's nuts, man. Yeah. It's nuts. It blows my mind to think. I mean, Google basically pushed it all forward, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they've, what they do, like how they make JavaScript work and the way it like compiles down and it kind of monitors what you're doing, it's like, oh, that hasn't changed. And you've run that like 10,000 times, so I'm assuming that's safe. Compile it down so it's faster. Right. That's clever. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Really clever. That's yeah. not something like that anyone was thinking about. <laughs> you know, they were like, yeah, C, you know, C++, there you go. You, you, you compile your code and that's it. It's done. Mm. Whereas this is like, yeah, I'm going to watch your code and then based off what you do, I'm going to turn into, you know, I'm going to compile it down. That blows my mind. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing because it means we get all the benefits of the flexibility of JavaScript. Do you actually like JavaScript as a language? Like, do you enjoy uh, using it? Oh, that is a good question. Um, sometimes I love it. I love it when it's like, you know, it, basically it's the, it's the language that lets you do anything in a way that you want to do it right. which is really powerful and really amazing but sometimes it's a bit too powerful and it's a bit too um, it's easy to make a mistake and it spend, you spend like an hour trying to figure out yeah. what you misspelled yeah. I mean I know there's IDEs that make that a bit better and then obviously the new, the new stuff coming through like ES6 and that will make that all a bit easier but yeah, I'm, I mean, on me like, I'm not really like like I don't really care about object-oriented programming and stuff. Yeah. Like as people know, but I do like having like my types defined. An autocomplete, in, you know, like a, yeah. I like to have the types defined yeah. in the language. I like to have autocomplete. Like yeah, that that I miss. Like, yeah. Um, do you ever use anything like TypeScript or CoffeeScript or anything that like no, gives I've, you more structure? I mean, like different strokes for different folks, but I've always preferred not pre-compiling one language into another yeah. if you're writing. But isn't but then isn't JavaScript all pre-compiled now anyway because people use like various minifiers and Yeah, it's true. It's it is true actually. It's just I quite like I mean to me that JavaScript was never really a problem. Once I got used to it it's kinda of like to me I just sort of look look at CoffeeScript and and the kind of TypeScript and I they're good and I can see yeah. why like people you know I can see a million reasons why you want to use one of these things yeah I don't although to be honest I don't really have any time for CoffeeScript that just seems yeah. like weird to me but TypeScript I think because okay, <laughs> it's more like C sharp I think yeah CoffeeScript is based on I'm not I can't remember what I'm pretty it. sure it's based on Ruby I might be wrong yeah so it's, it's based on a language where some people are like this is how we work and then let's make a script that's more like that. More it's like just that, how you yeah. do things, right? It's, it's how and why, you know, it's why even like, let's say, like the Pixie thing, it's like, let's make it more like flat. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, yeah, so but then we, what was the alternative? Because before Pixie, there, you just had to write raw rendering code, basically. Yeah, there, well, no, you, there was like CreateJS and there's, uh, there was also like, um, there's a few out there, actually. 
You were pretty close after CreateJS, though, weren't you? Yeah, they were just. It was like just at the beginning of it all, and then um, yeah, it was literally just at the beginning. I think that those engines started to come through. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird. It was a weird time. I mean, but loads of other people have used Pixie now, right, to create their own things, right? Like it's not just you guys that use it. Like it's really widely used. Yeah, no, it's, it's got like a, we have like. Um, on the website, we have like a projects made in Pixie. Like yeah. Whenever we find them, like we've got the sort of habit of like if we see a really cool website, we like open up and go with that. Oh, oh, people don't tell you. Some people do, man. Right. But sometimes you're just curious. Like, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, you know, yeah. that, how's that? That looks suspiciously fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do the same for like any time I see a site, yeah. like, I'm like, I'll check out how. Mate, we used to do it in Flash as well. We used yeah, to yeah. go. So three JS. How have they? Like, yeah. yeah. How have they done that? Let's decompile that yeah. ASV or whatever and go oh yeah and every now and again you'll see it and you'll be like oh wow and, and some of the stuff that people made is like yeah you're just kind of like well that's that's cool you're glad that like uh, you know, I'm just glad that we made something that other people actually use for like basically other people found it useful which yeah. is just really cool it's like uh, you know uh, I mean it puts that warm feeling in your, in yeah. your belly you're like oh, man it's, yeah. cool. it's cool that like you made something that people actually like because I don't think you know <laughs> I don't know before we were to strike gold again <laughs> in their situation like that you know it's like it's one of those things though right? it's like the opportunity existed like to do something and if you guys hadn't done it I'm not sure if anyone would have done it yeah it, does that make sense like yeah. but at the same time like you've got like 100,000 stars on, on GitHub <laughs> or whatever yeah it's a it, it's a bit of a weird one I think how many stars do you have on GitHub uh, about about 10,000 okay Hundred thousand we would be awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I think I, I honestly think it was the uh, it's just that WebGL bit that yeah. like, people find handy because most people when they see WebGL they're like three D yeah awesome three D and that is true but like we were like yeah awesome two D yeah like stage three D like that came out about the same just before like the Flash stage three D mm. and that was like that was amazing it was like oh, finally we've got hardware acceleration. yeah but then you did some stuff quite early on where you compared performance yeah, and stage 3D and, and from the start it was slower than WebGL wasn't it yeah it was It was never quite WebGL speed but like um, it was always I was I was quite underwhelmed to be honest by, by stage 3D like it was alright but it wasn't quite as good as you thought it should be yeah. and like Starling could like yeah it was like 60 frames a second and it could render more things than like you used to be able to but it wasn't like amazing it wasn't like the stuff I was doing in X and A for example where yeah, yeah, you know I mean the original original bunny mark was was an X and A thing that <laughs> I made like after work one night and it just flew on like this old trash hardware yeah. you could make 40,000 bunnies and it ran at um I mean okay they were just tiny like sprites no, but like it just ran right. at like 60 frames a second with like you know like just thousands and thousands of sprites and then stage feeder just couldn't, like, it was good, but it couldn't do it. <laughs> that sort of sinking feeling when you're like, right, new tech. But I think some of that was in Starling and the fact that Starling obviously was limited by what you could do with ActionScript 3. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a, Starling was pretty cool actually. Yeah. I remember going through the code like, when it came out and they, they, you know, they did some really cool stuff. I mean, Starling's really clever. So Starling is basically the same thing as Pixie in a way. Yeah. In the, but for stage 3D and it recreates the, the scene graph or whatever you would call it yeah. from like old school flash. Yeah. It gives you that ability to just put 
one thing inside a container and yeah, then rotate it's, it's the weird, container like, and all that stuff. It's just so intuitive, isn't it? You're like a thing in there, then you move the thing in there. Yeah, but then you see, I use Unity now, and like in Unity, we have things like cameras, where it's yeah. like, well, if I want to pan from left to right, I don't want to move all my objects left to right. I want to move the camera, and yeah. so, have you thought about putting that sort of stuff into yeah, into I mean, Pixie? Or? In, in our in our own tools, we do have cameras. Yeah, but they essentially do that. Yeah, they move they move something around, but. I mean, however you get there, that is fundamentally what ends up happening. It's like, yeah. whether you, you know, it's like... But you can just put everything in a container and just yeah. move the container left, and that's the same as moving you, the container yeah, yeah. right. Or you can, you can scale it to the point, and it's like zooming in the camera. Yeah. Now, for 2D, it's really... Yeah, it doesn't make a huge difference. But it's still, it still always is good to, like, tie all that movement to a camera, because then you've got a camera, so you can go move camera from this character to that character, yeah. and it's, like, much more, much stronger concept and easier to understand than move the whole world from here to here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we did toy with the idea of a camera. We're still toying with it a little bit. How much, I mean, is it is it still all 2D, Pixie, or can you do 3D as well? It's close. So we've, we've got like iterations of it with 3D, 2.5D. Right. Um, so where what would that be where you can like add a 3D model into the 2D scene graph? Yeah. Or? And then the, the other thing for version 4 as well, which we've... Uh, Done. So basically, eventually we will have 2.5D, so you can go, here's a container that's 3D, and then you can just literally has extra properties of rotation scale. So you've got all that extra dimension, because mm. it would be quite good, using the same system that we use for batching and stuff, so it will be fast, but still just 2.5D, right. which I still think is going to be super valuable, because you can imagine like a really nice UI, like a menu opening up for it. Oh, so it's like... The, it's like planes. Yeah, planes. it's like it's like when Flash added the three D yeah, stuff where you could just rotate movie clip. Um, yeah, it'll be a bit like that. But then you know, taking it that step further to import a three D model wouldn't be that big a thing. I think there's already technology that does three D really really well, like three right. JS for example. Is like if we had to do three D, that's that's what we that's use. what you guys use. A good boy. Yeah, and but like we just like again, this is for version four. Like um, for our games, because because clients are like. WebGL is really almost there now. Like, yep. clients are sort of saying, we can work in WebGL now, we don't have to have a camera's fallback. Yep. So, the first thing we're doing now is like, we're getting all excited about where we can start doing more 3D stuff. But we have all of our tools for like UI and stuff in 2D built in, say, in Pixie. Yep. So, um, version 4 of Pixie, um, again, this is not released, but it, it's on this computer. Um, <laughs> we have a, like a, a 3JS plugin for Pixie and a Pixie plugin for 3JS. Ah, okay. So you can kind of go, uh, render my 3D, like do 3JS, and then you can kind of go, if you just like include this uh, little plugin script, you, you just get an extra function on 3JS that says, like the renderer, just render Pixie, render Pixie, and then you give it uh, a Pixie scene. Yep. And, um, well, you know, three, if it's 3JS, you can give it a 3JS render target if you want to render, render to it, you know, another texture. Right. But then it will just render it, so then you can kind of go game, in 3D space, yeah. then UI, PT, all yeah. in the same context. Yeah. Because we've, we've managed to sort of get the whole, uh, you know, resetting the state and switching from one to the other. So we've got that working, and it's the same the other way around, so you can use the Pixie version, so you're running Pixie, but then you can go, this container is a 3JS renderer, so here's my 3JS scene and my camera, render it now. So, so, so basically we're kind of just stuck them together so that how many layers deep can you do it? Can you go you can't have one of each? <laughs> you can't have one of each going in forever. You, you, you can like, yeah, they're, they're literally like, they're not like, they don't like use their other ones, matrices, if you know what I mean. So right. like, 
but you could go render a pixie bit then. You could put like you could have a pixie scene like on a TV in a three D yeah, exactly. environment. So you can you can do any so because because the idea is like yeah the three D stuff is so good in three JS like the way that it works is amazing. So there's no point in going well let's add all this cool functionality to pixie because it's like that isn't what it is. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it is handy for stuff like UI because it's speedy it does less it doesn't have to worry about a lot of stuff yeah a lot of things yeah so it has i'm I'm hoping it will have benefits to people who are like making 3d games but then it's like for ui it's just like you could use you could find some value in using pixie yeah Uh, so that's where we're currently and that's almost there like that's uh yeah something you know we've got a few games coming out soon which use just that yeah, a couple, and they it's cool because it's like they're, they're full three D, but they've got all the nice UI and all the level select and all stuff is pixie, but it's all the same context. Then it goes into three D mode. And That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, and then okay, so and like with browser games, do you like they're sort of? I mean, I think it's fair to say that like they're on the decline in general. Yeah, like. <laughs> Not pe- people aren't making as many browser games as they used to. Just full stop. Like, there's not as many flash games as they used to, but that sort of hasn't been fully like. Yeah, I mean, if someone could tell me where all those games are going, I well, I mean, they're going to the App Store. <laughs> yeah, basically. exactly. Right? They're like, um, but I mean, I mean, where? I suppose. Yeah, because because the way the way we kind of look at it is that um, we like HTML5 games because they go into browsers but the newest sort of way of doing stuff is we have started packaging these things up right so they're, they're, there's basically the pros of HTML5 games is it can they can live everywhere yeah. including an app yeah. and that's really cool but the cons are they are generally not as performant as say like a Unity game Yeah. whereas like a Unity game super fast like super 3D much better tooling much better like ways to like get designer stuff in and it's just it's all there sure but the web version considering that the, the player's been kind of yeah added. like web player I mean dude it, web player yeah. being uh, just shut down yeah, on Chrome was, was just was a cold. bit of a disaster <laughs> to be honest cold, yeah. that, was, that was a cold yeah. move and just completely <laughs> unceremoniously announced they're just like yeah we've decided that yeah, like by the way it, would be, it was something like oh only 10% of our users use Unity plugins like, well that's quite a lot <laughs> so, yeah, but we don't care so we're getting rid of it that's, uh, but then you know they've got like the WebGL. Yeah, but I mean the thing with that though is, is like it's never going to be the same because it's like yeah. you've got to compile all of Unity into your JavaScript code. That's yeah. always going to be huge, whatever you do, even with selectively removing yeah. parts and things like that. That's true, and it's it's not it's not quite there. Yeah, I mean, basically, what's the I mean, what's the footprint of like just Pixie on its own? Uh, two hundred, three hundred k. Right, yeah. I mean, I think for, for Unity, you're looking at like 10 or 20 megs or something. Yeah, because you, you can get, like, most, most games that we make, your browser games are usually, like, well under 10 megs. Like yeah. the whole thing. Like yeah. Sound images. So that, I mean, it's... Dude, that's so small, like, yeah, no, <laughs> compared to most things now. I mean, it's not compared to... I mean, back in the day, all our Flash games used to be, like, 500k and stuff. Yeah, they used to be teams. It's just like, how did we do anything? Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really interesting thing, because it's like... Where the the web the web and the app webs and apps seem to be on a bit of a collision course in terms of what technology you make them in because mm. like like I say Unity is coming from apps to like browser and then HTML5 is coming from browser to apps so I don't know what's going. <laughs> I mean, one thing that I think is interesting is like for people like Children's BBC and like PBS and people, things like that. It's like 
for them to do web games is like good, right? Because basically kids don't have to install them. Yes. And there's no chance of a kid like making in-app purchases or doing weird stuff, right? Because they're just looking at a website. Yeah. Well, this this is actually the this is where like you get a really nice um, sort of balance between the two. So the, the, we actually um, just did a bit of work for PBS, right? Uh, which was the PBS Games app, right? Which was built in Cordova, so okay. HTML5, the right. app itself, right? Um, but the app lets you browse all of their browser games ah, as, okay. as apps. So it's like a mini ecosystem, a little ecosystem for kids. So you yep. go there and it's just like this kind of slightly more funny way. That's where HTML5 is succeeding that's a really cool thing like um, and i think that you know more companies are going to be doing that because then all of a sudden you've got these little ecosystems of apps but those apps can also exist in a browser yeah and it's kind of like this one fell swoop you've kind of got everything covered the app world the browser world and you know and that's kind of like a valuable thing mm. but yeah like i say because i think most uh, most kids on, on touch devices they kind of go uh, you know when they think of games they don't think i'm going to go and type it Games, but that's it. I mean, that is so crazy though because that's always what they thought on desktop. They do, yeah, but not on on, on apps. They go looking for the juice, yeah, exactly. They don't they go to the app store, they don't go, they don't type free games into their mobile browser, and that's that makes sense, you know. Yeah, that's kind of it. It's like you want to go looking at these, yeah. But I think the thing is, if you own a website already and you have traffic, it's like you want to show them stuff, yeah, and you right, and that's where HTML5 like games and like interactive experiences and things will always have like some sort of place right That's because yeah. as long as I guess as long as people want like that interesting interactive content on their websites that's it like uh, yeah it's, it's hard to know where it all is going to end up but like yeah I mean whenever we, whenever we talk about it and think about it you always kind of like uh, well what happens if you know everyone decides yeah that they don't want games in HTML anymore <laughs> and they don't want they don't want experiences and then like, to me, I don't really mind that because <laughs> yeah, we've already done a switch and I'm, like, Evil, yeah. I'm happy to switch again. What I really want is I just want to make sure people still want those. It's the game sizes that really attract me. Like the the whole like you know like we like we used to do back in the days of block. They were like a couple of months, three month yeah. game where you kind of get your teeth in. Yeah, cool, nice little concept, packaged off nice. Yeah, out. small. Brilliant. Let's go and do the next one. You yeah, know? That, that's a really fun good. It's a nice way of working. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, you don't get, yeah, you don't get bogged down yeah, and you don't get like... All of your mistakes that you make, you can usually f- fix them enough in that and then the next iteration, you're like, you learn. Learn you from of, it, yeah. It's like fail, not failing quickly, that sounds like... It's not fail, you sort of fail it, fast, but like just yeah. iterate or just... Yeah, it's the, the iteration means that you get you get to be much more flexible and be like, oh, on this project, I'm going to try something new and yeah. it works. But maybe not as well as it's the last one, so you'll try again and you can perfect by, by restarting the project. Yeah. Rather than like, yes. There's that versus you know, maintaining a huge thing where you kind of like have to keep, you know, there's a whole other set of challenges of like yeah. maintaining a large code base versus like smaller kind of, this is what it is, move on to the next one. Yeah. And you can still bring a lot of tools along, but you can evolve it as you go. And I've always find quite, quite like that. Um, I mean, how much of a shock did you find like the transition from like, Flash world to the new brave new HTML5 world because you actually seem to have quite enjoyed it, which is yeah. Well, it's not everyone like seems to have. Well, I mean, I can't say that I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, much, no, no. It's not about his frustrations, but the fact is, is like you know, I was coming, you know, we're all coming off the back of like 
the technology we've been using is now like defunct. It was, but it's it sort of felt dated by yeah, the end I anyway. Mean, like it, it really did feel like it, it was. Yeah, like like, <laughs> like like a huge a huge. Well, I don't know. It was like Angry Birds. It's like Angry Birds is running sixty frames a second on this on these rubbish. Yeah, devices exactly. and yeah. looks amazing and we've got these massive PCs that are like huge gaming rigs and our flash games are like not even hitting 30 frames a yeah, second there you go man it's like we, we kind of didn't realise it was bad until all this other stuff kind of came <laughs> actually we kind of been diddled a bit here like, <laughs> so, so but you know that wasn't what attracted me to flat you know performance wasn't what no. I tried to say it was the it's the fact that you can for me, it was the fact that you could get stuff out there. Yeah, and it was the kind of content that you were making, and it was the fact that it was just like bam to everyone. Yeah, and that is what attracts me to HTML5. Uh, yeah, same thing. Making yeah. a nice piece of content, bam, it's like click on Twitter, click on Facebook, click on an email, you know, straight yeah. there. No, you know, no download the app, put in your password. It's like you can send someone to a thing straight away, which is awesome. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, transition-wise, like it took a little while, but. I mean, oh, because I mean, so we could probably bring this up now, but like on as a detour on the way, you made a, a <laughs> mobile game called Twang the Fox. Yeah, Twang the Fox, which um, is like native OpenGL and yeah, that, Objective C code. Or? Yeah, so so when 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 uh, the, the end of Flash was coming, we were like, well, no one was making games in HTML5. That was like way off. That was like just a sort of very. A technology that wasn't really ready to do cool stuff. Yeah. So we were like, well, we do want to carry on making games, and mobile games actually was like, well, mobile games, let's do that. So yeah. it was like, right, we're, we're iOS developers now. <laughs> so that's it. But that, you know, I made one game. <laughs> <laughs> but to do to make that game, you had to yeah, like, had to learn, learn OpenGL. It was amazing, man. Like, uh, yeah, gave me good grounding on OpenGL, gave me good grounding on like, um, uh, you know, like memory management, like, and just a more deeper language that wasn't like. Because it's like basically action scripts and JavaScript, they like kind of they look after a lot of things for you. Yeah. Whereas like Objective C did not, and it was really alien looking language as well. It wasn't like yeah. C plus plus. It was. It was. Um, it's weird. one of the hardest languages to sort of if you're if you're coming from say action script, Java, C sharp. Yeah. You look at Objective C and just everything is different. Yeah, like, it's like messages. <laughs> and like, they're like, it's almost like they deliberately went your way to function. No, that's not function. I think that's if you um, <laughs> if you did small talk. It doesn't look alien because that's what it was that's it, yeah. like based on, I think. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was like, a, it was good. Like, once I got hanging it, after a couple of weeks or three weeks, I was kind of like, okay, I can make a class and, like, no, you know, start applying all of that. This is a ball, this is how it's going to move. Yeah. So, I kind of started to unlock all of that. And then by the end of it, it was like, just like as if we were working in, you know, because like making a game is like, you still know how to make it. Yeah, exactly. You have to say it differently. But that's what's what's funny though, is like sometimes like if you don't have to do all the tools and stuff, you realise that actually you can make like the core bit of your game is only like two hundred lines of code. Yeah man, it's and like you can just smash it out. Honestly, yeah, so yeah, I mean But in like in Unity and flat and Flash was like this back in the day, but Unity I think even more so. It's like if you once you've sort of know what you're doing with Unity, you can smash games out in like a day. You yeah. can like you can be just stupidly productive. Yeah, Unity is uh, I'm hoping uh, we'll get we'll get to touch Unity a little bit more now. Like, I think yeah. It's yeah. just like, be a good string I mean it's always a good string like, to your bow, isn't it? Like but it's 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 just more it's just more cool stuff to know, you know, like yeah. yeah. As soon as you realise that you can like, you know, all of us there's like as long as you don't chase a language, but you chase the thing you want to make. Yeah, 
then you kind of going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't have to because, like you know, like, like you know, you, you were Flash, and now you're Unity. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I only realised now that I was actually just way too tied to like one technology, whereas I should have. Like, I always played with other stuff, but I never really took it seriously. Like all the stuff I did with X and A, it's like yeah. I never really thought I'd do anything with it. I was just mucking about. Yeah. Now, I mean, was X, did X and A ever become like properly valuable? Yeah, only to like this small group of people who who basically made stuff for the Xbox Live indie games yeah. thing. But a few people like had really huge hit Did games on there. Right. Like yeah, there was a right. there's a game called Fortress Craft, and it was basically like a Minecraft clone, but for, before Minecraft was on the Xbox. Oh, nice. So that dude like made like <laughs> yeah. loads of money yeah, basically. Yeah, so for that one guy, it was great. <laughs> he made loads of money. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So um, let's talk a bit about about Good Boy and what it's been like having your own agency because it's not something that most people, oh. most devs ever do. That is a that's a deep question. Ultimately, so, it's very cool. It's a master of your own destiny kind of stuff. Like uh, you know, waking up in the morning, like first time you started, and you're like, you answer to no one. You know, this is you know, we can shape this the way we want to shape it. Yeah, that was a really amazing feeling, and especially because you know, co-founded it with uh, my business partner John, who John Denton. Yeah, so John Denton. Um, he was the creative director of Block, where, yes. where me and Matt Brick used to work. And he, he's just a, an amazingly talented guy, just stupidly good. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> you couldn't co found a company with anyone better, I don't think. Uh, I absolutely agree, the guy's a legend. Um, so, yeah, with, with John, like, um, we were like, you know, we, we always had a good partnership on making stuff. We always, um, we were like, you know, we, we've, he was kind of, we were a good compliment to each other. Yeah. Kind of creative that knows a bit of tech, and I'm a tech who understands a little bit of creative. But together means there was a bit of an overlap. Um, to be honest, mainly, mainly John's overlap. <laughs> he can kind of like tell me, Matt, make this. This is how I would make it, and he, and I can code it. And you know, but he just thinks about technical solutions, which is cool. Yeah. But um, so we had a good foundation of actually making good stuff, um, which was the first thing we needed. And then you kind of got like that. I mean, even looking back now, you kind of wonder how how you even get your first client because you sort of start yeah. off, like you know, open up your laptop on that first day and like, all right. What, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> I think the hardest bit of business is sales. Yeah. Like by far, and that's why salespeople like earn so much money. That's so true, man. And I mean, we, we we were really fortunate that we, you know, again, like it always, you know, it always feels like luck. I, I mean, I hope it. Is. <laughs> it always it always feels like you were in the right place at the right time. You know, like it was a, a one of the block meetups where we we were all out drinking. And uh, Cyril was there, like he was the creative director of Razorfish. Yeah. And we were like, hey Cyril, we've... Uh... It's so funny, mate. So he also used to work a lot with us. It's just, it's so mad how many talented people yeah, there yeah, were there. Yeah. It was just stupid. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but so he, he was there and we were like, oh, actually we, um, you know, we've started a company. Like, if you need help with production, give us a shout. And he, were, he did. He did need help with production and he, he got us in and we made our first... We made a McDonald's website, which was our first thing, and um, it went really well. Oh yeah, what was that? What was, was that like, called? It was called Hundred Moments. Oh uh, yeah, it was, it was really like, cool. Actually, yeah, it was cool. Actually, it was our first. Like you know, like we really pushed the boat out for it. We were like, right, we have to prove ourselves. We have to show that we're capable of like you know bringing value to someone like yeah. the Razorfish because yeah. they're like massive digital yeah. company that out there really cool stuff. Yeah, um, and that went really well. So uh, that's how we kind of got our first client, and off that we kind of carried on making stuff with them. And then, um, and then we kind of, when we start to do more of the game stuff, we kind of 
um, would build like little prototypes and send them out to the clients and hopefully some would get back to us and go, this is all right, and some would be like, you know, completely ignore us. Um, and then I think we got a break with the BBC. Um, we, we managed to get picked, an opportunity to pitch with them. Yeah. So we did that and then we won again. And then from then on, we kind of like, yeah, just big emphasis on making stuff good. Like high quality is like the, the, the thing we try to give to people. Yeah. So then that. But to be honest, that you always want to compete on quality. Like you never want to compete on price exactly. or like. Yeah, exactly. But that's it. There's no one. There's no one there at the beginning when it's just me and John telling us compete on price. It's yeah. Like, it's just us, the creative. So like, yeah. our, our MO is like we want to compete on quality. Yeah. But you're totally right. It, it always becomes. But lots of people fall into that trap of thinking they go, "Well, I'm starting out." Yes. Yeah, I, I'm going to obviously have to undercut other people to get business but it's like well you don't really oh, because yeah. but the thing is though it's like when you work for an agency for ages you realise that you do the work essentially right yeah. you realise that the programmers and the designers like actually create the things yeah. right and everyone else just facilitates that yeah they're, they're like a, you know they all have a, a part like I mean yeah, like I'm not dissing like producers and project managers. You absolutely I need them. When, when, you, when you realize that, like you spend your whole day just responding to stuff and dealing with, like, cause, you know, dealing with people is a is a skill. You know, some people can do it really well, some yeah. people can't. But like, you, know, you get yourself a good bunch of people who can actually, you know, communicate with people and under, you know, try and figure out what, is, what they what they want so that we can, you know, keep keep everything smooth. Like that's that is a really tough job. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm really glad that we've got people who can do that. And it also gave us. And it certainly gave me a massive appreciation for what you know project managers do or yeah because it's well I mean at Block we never had any project managers so we didn't <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we didn't have anyone to learn like we did, like yeah. I think like that was something that's like definitely come home to me like now I mean obviously like so now I've been freelancing for longer than I was at Block which is a really weird thought oh yeah <laughs> but, um, so I've worked for like loads of different agencies and I understand that like almost everyone has better organisation than we had like we just didn't have like the structure that we needed yeah it's, it's, it's really like I say all, all that stuff is like um, it's, it's so important but yeah, you, you kind of when you start off really small, you just you, you just don't need it. You're like, no, yeah. communication is no shouting. Yeah, across exactly. The room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you get to a point where like everyone's shouting across the room, you can't do it anymore. And it means that also you kind of like, I don't know, like the best example is like you look at something like McDonald's and how they make their burgers. It's like the reason they can make a good burger every time, yeah, is because they've got a process. Process, yeah. Not that, you know, I mean, if you go too processed, then you end up like literally just everything is the same and there's no soul. But like so much of what we do can be process driven. Yeah. Like eighty percent of it is like, you know, even if you just look at anything you make, there's so so many things that are the same. You always have a loader. You always have a title screen. You always have an asset manager. Yeah. You always have like a three D thing. You always yeah. have characters that you know. So much of it is repeatable. And yeah. Once you coded it, like, when how many times have you coded a scroll bar? Uh, not recently. <laughs> I made a really good one in Flash and. Yeah, really I haven't had to use it since. Oh, man, but you, Mate, you, like, you NGUI, yeah. uh, NGUI and UGUI have saved me from that front. Nice. But so yeah, luckily I haven't had to code a scroll bar. But it's a really boring thing to do, and you don't yeah. want to be repeating yeah, it. Right, so is But that's basically like a lot, of, a lot of it. And then I mean, from a tech point of view, you can always understand like a good process is like you know, don't repeat the things that you repeat all the time in all other projects. And, and I think that's just like yeah, like I say, running a business is uh, yeah process just you realise how important it is. Yeah. Just so that like yeah 
you can hit quality. Well, just keep maintaining a level of quality because otherwise you're kind of yeah, it's a very strange thing to to sort of when um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what about so okay? So what about like like this, the milestones? Like for example, moving into your own office for the first time. What was that like? Oh, that was cool. That was like yeah. Because uh, when, when we started, it was like, oh yeah, we're in our living rooms. It's like, all we need to do is get a client. That's it, we just need a client. <laughs> and you get a client, and you're like, yeah! And then you're like, now all we need is an office. Can you imagine having an office? <laughs> where you come in and you open the door and it's your office. And then you get you get an office. So for us, it was a, a really uh, not the best office. It, it, came, <laughs> it came with a padlock on the door. So to get into it, it was a padlock. Uh, it was a bit of a dodgy <laughs> office to us. But it was an office, so we were happy. And then um, and then you get your office and then you're like, oh, could you imagine if we had, yeah, all we need now is like an employee. An employee, yeah. And yeah. that's a whole new, like, uh, uh, crazy kettle of fish when you get your first person in and you realise that you're kind of responsible for. And what was your first, what did your first employee do? Like, what was the first uh, thing you needed? It was a guy called Tom, Tom Slozikowski. He was like a, a developer. So he was coming in to basically do what same thing as what I do really, like yeah. develop. But he's much more skilled in like he brought like a a whole new skill set of back end server side right. stuff and he was much stronger like traditional HTML stuff right. server me as well, which was really cool. So I mean that's a good thing. <laughs> Every time you get a new person in the room, you get a whole new set of new skills. New set of skills, yeah. It's like, amazing. Oh my God, this person actually knows how to do this, like you know, like we had, um, when we got, um, we had Malin, he used to work with Block as well. He worked for us for, for the first uh, for, for a year and a bit, and uh, he brought 3D to the pie. Yeah. Well, you know, what is some amazing illustration skills? Like, uh, so every time someone comes in here, you get this this whole new set of skills that you can then like utilize, and your whole offering becomes even more robust, yeah. and you know that you can lean on people to, like, yeah. to before when it's Yeah, like, I mean, teams are just great. Teams are like multipliers, basically. Yeah, like, and, 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 Oh man, yeah, it's the best feeling when you know that like you're like coding something, and you know that the designer over there is like going to give you something really awesome, and yes. you put them together. Yeah, like, oh, it's just the best feeling. Yeah, and it's so much more than the sum of its parts. Like yeah, if exactly. you have like one thing that's not as good, like you yeah, know. or if someone doesn't doesn't share, it's all about like almost like levels of enthusiasm. If you're coming in, and you're like, right, let's do this. We're going to make an amazing thing, and then someone else is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's when you get in balance but if, if you've got like everybody's gunning for the same thing like you because you don't really make stuff for I don't know you don't make stuff for clients or your boss or anyone you make stuff for you yeah like that's when you really get driven it's like whenever you want to make an awesome thing in, in like you know your next uni project that you're going to work on right the, the reason you're putting all the blood sweat and tears isn't to please someone else it'll be like so you can make something that you're proud of yeah and as long as like if you work with a bunch of people who feel like that yeah then you end up making killer stuff just really good stuff yeah yeah that's that's the thing we kind of always i'm always trying to chase as well awesome that feeling of like i just want to make something cool for me so i can be proud and so we're here in we're in the meeting room of good boy and it's in a very hipster like (laughs) part of the east end of london um yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, how, so how many people have you got working for you now? Uh, we have, I think, um, we've got a couple of new hires, so we've got 11, 11 people in total. Nice. Which is uh, cool, you know, like, and all amazing, amazing guys, good bunch of people. Awesome. Very, very proud of, to have them on the team. Cool, and so changing tack slightly, um, so Phaser is built on 
Pixie for the rendering, right? Yeah, it is at the moment. I think uh, it won't be for the new laser, which is like the next right, okay. EF6 iteration. Right. Um, but yeah, like how much involvement have you had with that? Like, um, do they just sort of check it out of GitHub no, and work on it? Or? No, like uh, me, me and uh, Mr. Richard Davy, we especially like in the early days when he, when he started to use it, like um, we were always kind of being chatting about because he's, he's just another good good brain. Yeah, he is a good brain. Have on your uh, chats, so we always had a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. And obviously, when he was using Pixie for Phaser, that was kind of cool because. I mean, he actually contributed quite a lot to it in the early days as well. Like, right. you know, he put it in and he'd be like, I need this feature for phaser, bam, bam. Right. If it's a Pixie, you know, render-related thing, then he'd kind of give it back to Pixie as well, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, that no, was good. Uh, I think um, initially phaser has had its own rendering thing in it, yeah. which was like using Canvas. Yeah. Um, but obviously, WebGL was better. Do you think WebGL, I mean, is 2D Canvas, like, is that still a thing? Like, uh, No, not anymore, man. Like, uh, it's at, I don't know, we, we, we check the stats, like, um, it's like, mm, i.e. like 9, 10, I'm like maybe 3% or something like that in total, like all browsers that don't support are like just Canvas. Right. So WebGL is, is quite... What about things like Android browsers? That's, that's what it is. <laughs> so right now it's like we can make stuff work in WebGL and some Android browsers do support WebGL, the stock browsers do, but like it's a bit, it's a bit more like it's out of your control kind of bugs. You're yeah. like sometimes like we're like, here's our game in the Android browser and then for some reason it's reversed halfway through. And it's like, it's <laughs> JavaScript, but we didn't code it to do that. That's yeah. like below our yeah. control. So um, it's quite a small percentage of people that use it as well, like not insignificant, which is why we still don't just use WebGL, but but like I say, there's a couple of projects that we've got in the studio which are just for WebGL now, which is really exciting because it means that we can start moving away from Canvas and actually doing the stuff that, because at the moment there's always like a parallel, or like a balance you have to have. It's like, well, if, if, if people or you know kids playing our games don't have WebGL and they have Canvas, they need to get that same experience. Whereas like, um, so, so any effects or cool WebGL stuff you use has to always be cosmetic. It can't be like it can't contribute to the yeah. You, game. you can't have you can't rely on features that are WebGL yeah, only. Exactly. So a really obvious one would be like you can't make like a full on three D game. I mean, you can make simple three D, but you yeah. can't make full on three D. Yeah. Or say like um, say you wanted to do some really nice three D uh, sort of like a two D game where you've got like you know ray casting lights or something where it's all about like finding stuff in the shadows. It's like that's a really cool effect. You can do that with WebGL, but you can't, I mean, you can do it with cameras, but it'd be slow and... It'd involve sprites yeah. and... Yeah, it would just be... be weird. You know, it just wouldn't be worth the, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. so, so you wouldn't, so we couldn't say have that game and go, that's the core functionality of the game, yeah. but it is to use this light system and that's yeah. how the building blocks of the game exist. So you kind of are shut off in that sense. Yeah. I mean, you're not in the sense that you can actually do the cool effects, but they just have to be cosmetic. So moving away from WebGL for cosmetic reasons, so moving away moving to WebGL so that we can actually use it for like fundamental gameplay yeah. features is something we're really excited about. Amazing. Dude, that was awesome. I think we can wrap it up there. So thanks so much for talking to us. No and, worries, uh, man. Uh, good, good to chat. Thanks a lot. Cool.